What's going on? Uh, this is the something podcast. Uh, I don't really know. For I don't really know a title yet. Um, you know I might come up with something later, but for now it's just the something podcast. Maybe I'll stay the something podcast. If this comes up as the something podcast, then you know that my creative brain juices have just kind of died out. Hey, what's going on? Uh, I'm Will Manahan, and uh, it is currently December 8th, 2020. Um, the worst year in history. Okay, no, I, I take that back. I, there are probably a lot of reasons I can't say this is the worst year in history, because it's definitely not. But it's definitely not a good one. Had a lot of uh, awesome celebrities pass away. Chadwick Boseman, Alex Trebek. Uh, it's just been a, just been a hell of a year in kind of a bad way. Uh, this podcast is honestly, um, it's probably going to be more of a, uh, a therapeutic thing, uh, for me, uh, just so I can, I, you know, I, I live with so many women. I, I, there are too many women in my life. I don't have any men, so I don't have anyone I can really talk to about anything. So this podcast is really probably just going to be everything I want to say, but probably can't say. and. This is, you know, every week, uh, every episode is probably just going to end up being how long I can mentally talk to myself before I just want to die uh, mentally in the mental head. Um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't really. Uh, how does this podcast thing work? Maisie, my cat, what's going on? How you doing? She's here for the ride. Um, I'll probably end up talking about uh movie news game video game news for all you geeks out there who live in your basements um and also i have a radio show on wednesdays uh wtsq 88.1 fm charleston west virginia um that y'all can listen to actually by opening up your your telephones and Going down to the Google Play Store or the App Store and downloading the WTSQ app. So you can listen to this beautiful voice uh, every Wednesday from 5 to 6. Listen to songs that are going to make people's grandmas dance. Because, uh, you know, I'm more of a sucker. I'm more of a sucker for mainly 60s and 70s. A little bit of 80s. You know, uh, Beatles. Duh, that's like... That's like like the number one band. If you if you go up to anyone, they're like, "What's your favorite '60s band?" The Beatles. What's your favorite song? Here comes the sun. What's another song? Ah, uh, I don't know. Joy to the world. No. Um, of course I'm a huge Beatles fan. Uh, but my number one, my number one boy, Elton John. Uh, you know they have that um. They have that spot. If you keep hearing, by the way, if you keep hearing like a, I don't know if you can hear this, some squeaky noise. That's my my twenty dollar Amazon Basics mic stand for my desk. Uh, piece of crap. I need to I need to invest in one that doesn't squeak or just spray it with some WD forty. But that's just too much work. So I'll probably just buy one. Cause you know I'm rich. Just kidding. I'm not rich, but I do work all the time. Anyway, getting off track. Stupid head. Um. My number one boy is Elton John. Uh, they have that Spotify 
wrapped thing uh, for 2020 already. Uh, they had like the first month of December. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe in December I was going to like waste over 38,000 minutes listening to some new artist uh, to put him at the number one spot. No, probably not. Um, obviously, my top artist, Elton John. Not proud of it, but also very proud of it. I was the um, top 0.05% of Elton John listeners. I think with over like 40,000 minutes just listening to Elton John. It's kind of sad. But I mean, I got kind of worried because as I was flipping through the rap thing, it said like my top four out of my top five songs were uh, were John Mayer's songs, uh, which, you know, if John Mayer was my top artist, I, I wouldn't be completely mad. I just go through these phases where, which I think is the reason why all these artists are like so high and just have so much listening. It's because, you know, when I get started, I think I started listening to John Mayer probably late 2019. Maybe like mid-2019. Yeah, I'd say about mid-2019. And I just go on these huge rampages where I just listen to nothing but that artist until uh, my ears are burnt out. And I go deaf for a couple days. Uh, same thing happened with Billy Joel a couple like a couple years ago. I just decided, you know what, I'm a Billy Joel fan, but I'm going to listen to strictly Billy Joel and listen to every single Billy Joel album chronologically. I went through a phase where I had to do things chronologically. I had to play games in the series chronologically. Had to watch movies chronologically. Well, yeah, I would still watch movies in their chronological order. I mean, it's like if you, it's like if you turned on Star Wars and watched Episode Six and then watched Episode Two and Four and then skipped to Rogue One and then watched Rise of Skywalker or Crap of Skywalker. God, I could talk a whole, I could talk a whole 40 minutes just about the sequel trilogy of Star Wars and how it ruined, how it ruined the greatest franchise in history. Uh, it's, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you can go on the interwebs as the cool kids call it and you can see like, oh, let me see if I can find anything. Uh, you can literally find interview after interview uh, of Daisy Ridley and even John Boyega, who I, I know has a huge, a huge drama with Disney and the way they treated Finn, which I don't completely disagree with because I mean, they set him up, uh, they set him up to be the Jedi of the trilogy. You know, all the posters of the force awakens show him holding the lightsaber, um, trailer shows him fighting Kylo Ren and they tease him to be force sensitive, but then Ryan Johnson came in, and the rest is history. Uh, you know, The Last Jedi was a big, it was a, it was a terrible movie. I mean, the way, the way they treated Luke Skywalker's character made him just this little, like this hermit. Like, I mean, I guess, I guess the thing kind of goes, it kind of echoes the other ones. Because I mean, Yoda went to exile to be a hermit. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi went to exile to be a hermit. But it's like the way they just, it's like, here's my thing about it, right? So the reason Luke goes into exile and is like, I can't, I can't teach Jedi anymore. That's what Mark Hamill sounds like, by the way. Uh, it's because Kylo Ren has a bad dream. 
right? That's how they did it. So Kylo Ren has a bad dream. So Luke's like, I got to kill you. I got to kill you right now in a, in, a, in your sleep. Which is so stupid. I mean, if you, the whole thing of the original trilogy of Star Wars was that even though Darth Vader was evil, Luke still knew that um, that there was good in him. So he spends the whole original trilogy of Star Wars trying to turn Darth Vader back to the light side, which which works. So obviously, just because Kylo Ren has one bad dream doesn't mean that there's no hope for him to turn the light side. So why why would that be within Luke Skywalker's character to spend one whole trilogy um, trying to convert, spoiler alert, his father? Um, to the light side of the force. Um, a whole trilogy. Not trying to kill him. Not trying to be like. Not like giving up on him. But then. His nephew Kylo Ren has one bad dream. Right. One bad dream. And he's like I gotta kill this guy. I gotta kill this. Uh, this whiny. Freakbubescent teenager. Who carried the entire. The entire. Who carried the entire sequel trilogy on his back. You know I heard that. Um. Uh, or that Adam Driver had to get some back surgery after the sequel trilogy came out because he carried the whole thing, he carried the whole trilogy on his back and it just, it just destroyed his back. But yeah, man, things are, uh, you know, after the uh, sequel trilogy. Well, actually, what what's funny? What's kind of funny actually about the sequel trilogy uh, is that I actually kind of had, uh, like the first time I saw each of the the separate films in the sequel trilogy in theaters. I was like, man, this is pretty good. This is pretty, this is pretty good. I, looking back on now, I, I think it's just because I was just so desperate for some Star Wars. They released episode seven. It wasn't terrible. Uh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it now, but it's, it's the best one in the sequel trilogy. Um, because it was, it was hard to mess up characters that weren't developed yet. So anything, that they kind of throw out with those characters. You're like, oh yeah, man, that's, I like this. Or maybe you don't like it. I don't know. But I mean, obviously it's just a new hope over again, just for a new generation of fans and even kind of plays to the older generation of fans. And it worked, you know, it, it, whether you want to admit it or not, the force awakens worked and it wasn't a bad movie. If the, the, the issue with the, the sequel trilogy is that, as I was saying earlier, I mean, you can watch these interviews uh, with Daisy Ridley where she she basically admits that um, that they had no plan for this trilogy. I mean, in this interview, it says Daisy Ridley's like, oh, yeah, um, I um, well, it's funny because we were filming episode nine and um, and JJ came up to me. He's like, oh, maybe uh, you're related to Obi-Wan or something. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And JJ was like, "Oh, actually, actually, I'm uh, actually, actually, I'm uh, I'm thinking about maybe Emperor Palpatine, but we don't really know yet." And Daisy was like, "Oh, yeah, that's cool." So on filming day, uh, I really didn't know who, what my heritage was, and then JJ was like, "Oh yeah, uh, you're it's Emperor Palpatine." So like, uh, it's I mean, it's pretty sad. She, Daisy really didn't even know Ray's true heritage. Um. Until the middle of filming episode nine. If if you thought the sequel trilogies were good, 
Just just listen just listen to that voice crack, sorry. Just listen to that one more time. The huge plot point of episode nine is that Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter, which is their way of trying to explain away why she's just such a Mary Sue and just so powerful um, for absolutely no reason and can best Kylo Ren uh, the first time she held a lightsaber when he's been training for like 20 years, which is stupid, absolutely stupid. Um, you know, and it's also, I mean, shoot. I mean, if I, if I was JJ Abrams and, you know, and I, and I set up Snoke to be the main bad guy and then some nimwit who only cares about making a movie who, who literally says that he wanted half the people to come out of that movie saying it was the best movie, and then half the people coming out and saying it was a terrible movie, which apparently the only half of the people in the world who thought that The Last Jedi was a good movie were the critics. They must have saw the wrong movie. Uh, you know, let me let me look. The Last Jedi currently sits at a 7 out of 10 IMDb, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 84% on Metacritic. Now let's look at the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, 42. 42%. That's a little different than 90%, which I I don't really agree with. I used to I used to like worship Rotten Tomatoes for my movie scores. But you, you kind of got to look past Rotten Tomatoes because the way Rotten Tomatoes works is if if the movie has one review, right? And that, that reviewer gave it a 6 out of 10. Then on Rotten Tomatoes, it, it'll sit at a 100%. Um, that's kind of how Rotten... If you didn't know that, that's how Rotten Tomatoes works. It just... It, what, what's If the movie's fresh... Uh, well, okay, shut up, Will. You can't talk. Um, the way they do their scores is the percentage of people who give the movie like a 6 out of 10 or higher. Um, so that's why I don't really pay attention to that. I look more at IMDb, but even I don't agree with their 7 out of 10. There's so many issues with The Last Jedi. I mean, first of all, Luke's character, which what they did in The Rise of Skywalker um, with Luke's character was just such a big F you to Ryan Johnson, which I loved. The only parts of The the Rise of Skywalker I loved were just the big F you's to everything Ryan Johnson did. And I, I knew that's how the movie was going to go. As soon as the beginning of the movie and Finn was like, oh, Rose, are you coming? And Rose is like, actually, I'm going to go read some books. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't, isn't that just such a slap in the face to uh, what's her name? Who plays Rose? What's her name? Oh, my God. Why do I not know this? I mean, it's, there's a good reason I don't know. It's because I don't care. Um. Kelly, Kelly, that's her name, who plays Rose, you know, and you see her like all, all the premieres and stuff for the Rise of Skywalker, and she's like strutting it on the red carpet, she's like, oh yes, I'm in this movie, I'm in the Star Wars movie, and then they write her off in the first five minutes because she's got to go read some books, I mean, that would just suck, they set up this huge character for her in episode eight. And she thinks she's going to be a big part. And then she's got to go read. She's got to go do her homework. I can't. I can't. 
I can't do this this space adventure with you because I gotta go study for my homework. Man, that suck. That absolutely sucks. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, John Boyega, man. I mean, they just screwed him over too. I mean, I I totally lost faith in Star Wars, and I'm ashamed to say, I when the when the Rise of Skywalker first came out, I actually I liked the movie. I I did not hate the movie. Like I said before, mainly because it was really just such a big f you to Ryan Johnson and everything he did to ruin our characters. Um, but then the issue that he had was he spent he tried to take one film, one two hour film, to not only undo everything Ryan Johnson did with Episode Eight, but to also try to cram his own episode eight and his own episode nine into one film, which God, the pacing of the movie was just so fast. It was just nonstop in your face, in your face, in your face. And he just, it was terrible. So many plot holes, so many things are like, Oh, you know what? We need to do this. Um, we need to get from point A to point B, but we only have two hours to cram 90 of those, uh, in. So, they just threw in all of these things that were just so convenient. You know, the the dagger, you know, expanding out. And it's, oh, look, it's the exact shape of the Death Star. If you hold it up to the Death Star, there it is. That's how how ridiculous was that? In the light, the light speed jumping. I mean, I guess if an, if an episode eight, you can you can uh, weaponize light speed. Um, you can weaponize light speed. Then I, I guess, I guess at that point it's okay to just light speed skip, or whatever the hell that was. Light speed, light speed jumping in the beginning of the movie. I had so many questions about that. Yeah, visually it looked kind of cool. Okay, visually I was like, okay, that's kind of that's kind of dope. But then if like no one knows how to light speed jump or light speed skip except for Poe, then how are these? How are these, uh, these like low, these low wage, these minimum wage stormtroopers following him as he's light speed jumping? He's light speed jumping and just going to these random, most random spots. And the, the TIE fighters are just still right behind him. They're just still following him. That did not make any sense to me. Um, but yeah, then the, they did that stupid thing. Um, in episode eight, where pink hair lady, a uh, pink haired lady decided she was going to, uh, she was gonna weaponize uh, light speed. Laura Dern, Laura Dern, and she's a she's a phenomenal actress. Laura Dern's a phenomenal actress, but her character is just so stupid. She's like, I'm gonna weaponize light speed. Okay, that's cool, but then. If you take that logic, why couldn't in the original trilogy you just take like a whole fleet of like X-Wings, even as like a last resort, and just light speed through the Death Star, right? I mean, if you're going to do it, go all the way. So that's why, and, and you look at, even it's like the little things that Ryan Johnson obviously like didn't take into account, which I know you're going to be like, Will, what the, little Willy... Little Willie, what, what, why, why do you notice these kind of stupid things? And that's just what I do. I, I, 
I nitpick movies. You know, in, in the beginning of the movie, they try to have this, uh, of The Last Jedi, they try to have this super cool, um, this super cool moment where that one chick, like, sacrifices herself and uh, kicks all those bombs uh, on top of, like, the Star, the Star Destroyer or something. I don't really remember it because I don't care about The Last Jedi. And those things just fall and they hit the Star Destroyer. There is no gravity in space. Those things are just floated away. Probably come right back up and blew up her thing anyway. Um, just literally just came, uh, just dropped straight down. Like there was some sort of gravitational pull. Which is a bunch of a hooey booey, right? You can't just drop something in space. It's ridiculous. And then... After that, Colin Trevorrow, who was originally in charge of episode nine, writing it at least, I don't know about directing it, um, wrote um, Star Wars Duel of the Fates, which, you know, it's 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 cool. One, one thing I'm, everyone can read that and be like, oh, yeah, that movie would have been so much better. Everything would have been made so much more sense. But at the same time, everything looks good on paper, right? Everything looks good on paper. It's all about the execution. So who actually knows what would have happened with that? Um, but on the bright side, uh, for Star Wars, um, I think I think Disney needs to really take a second look at who they're putting in charge of Star Wars. You know, they got Kathleen Kennedy, who is the worst thing to ever happen to Star Wars in history. Um, sorry, Kathleen, I bet you're listening right now. Um, but Kathleen Kennedy, man, you, you don't know what you're doing with Star Wars. And George Lucas must be so pissed off. You know, I feel like part of him's pissed off because they're absolutely just murdering his life work right in front of him and making billions. But at the same time, George Lucas is also making billions off of what they did. So I, I'm sure he's upset, but he's also, uh, he's wiping his tears away with fat stacks of cash. Uh, anyway, I think that Disney really needs to, uh, take a second look at who they're really putting in charge of Star Wars because you got the Mandalorian, which, oh my God, man, if you look at the Mandalorian, that's what Star Wars needs to be. No, the, the Mandalorian's not a perfect show, right? If If you can look there's going to be people out there who are like, the show is super tropey and it's like, but I feel like it does that on purpose. You know, it has a, Oh, this has like all these Western tropes, but it's like, it knows that it's all tropey. It knows that it is. And that's what makes it so, excuse me. So damn awesome. I mean, if you look at the, 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 not the most recent episode, the one before it, the Jedi with a Ahsoka. I mean that, I think I cried. A little bit. Because it's like... It's like watching this thing that you love just be abused right in front of you. And then they... And then someone comes along. It's like... It's like someone comes up to you and cuts you with scissors. Or cuts your best friend in kindergarten with scissors. And then some amazing person comes up and gives them a band-aid. And John Favreau and Dave Filoni and others are holding the band-aids. Trying to patch... 
uh, the mess, the bloody mess of what is Star Wars. And man, they're doing a hell of a job. They really are, because uh, they know what they're doing. If you watch the uh, watch those behind the scenes of the making of the Mandalorian, where they have like all the directors uh, sitting in a big circle and talking about, um, and and Dave Filoni is there, and he's 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 the one talking. He's talking about, you know, the real lore. Of like the importance of the prequels, it gives the gives the prequels a whole new meaning. Uh, you know, talking about, um, talking about how important, you know, the fight in Episode One was with Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and Darth Maul, and talking about Duel of the Fates and how the song was Duel of the Fates, beautiful. Obviously, the only good thing about Star Wars that's been all the way through is John Williams composing the music. I mean, you can't tell me you listen to Yoda's theme and don't get chills. Uh, I listen to Yoda's theme all the time. Okay, anyway, I you know talking about the importance of duel of the fates and the fate um, that's at stake here is the uh, the fate of Anakin Skywalker because you know if if Qui Gon didn't die uh, in Episode One, then none of this stuff would have happened. You know, uh, Qui Gon would have been the one to train Anakin. And would have given him kind of that father figure uh, that Anakin needed because he had Obi Wan, but even Obi Wan's like you're like a, you're a you were brother Anakin, I loved you. You know he's never really a, a father figure. And then, I mean, Episode Two, his mom gets murdered by the Tusken Raiders, which uh, as much as I hate, um, as much as I hate Attack of the Clones, you gotta appreciate. Um, just that scene, man, where he's speeding away on the on on the speeder, and they're playing um playing Duel of the Fates, I think. Don't quote me. And he just murders. He just murders everyone. As sad it is, it's so cool. But yeah, man. And then Dave Filoni was just talking about that. It's crazy that Dave Filoni. And even John Favreau are really the only ones who know what they're doing with Star Wars. Uh, that's why the Mandalorian is so good. That's why everyone loves the Mandalorian. If you don't love the Mandalorian, then you're you're really just trying to be. You're really just trying to be um, that one person who gets all the attention because everyone loves the Mandalorian. Uh, what's this? The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson considered using Anakin Skywalker in a Star Wars film. What? What is this? How have I not seen this before? He's probably just saying that. He's probably just making that up because he knows that everyone was mad that there was no Force Ghost Anakin in Rise of Skywalker. Nearly three years after it arrived in theater, we're still talking about Ryan Johnson's lone installment in this world of Star Wars lore, The Last Jedi. But in a fun twist, uh, blah, 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 blah. People kissing his butt. People kissing his butt. Even the media, the media absolutely eat up The Last Jedi. You're not going to find like one bad like main news article about The Last Jedi. I don't understand it. Maybe they maybe they saw the a different movie. Or maybe they just never cared about Star Wars. Like if Star Wars like wasn't already a huge thing uh and they just made The Last Jedi, I think yeah, maybe it would have been a, a better movie. Because 
one thing that the sequel trilogy did that really just turned off a bunch of Star Wars fans is that it it took what the universe already was and like the the rules within the universe and it just added so much stuff that in the context of the Star Wars universe would not have made any sense at all but the uh like all these new force powers that just don't make any sense it's like well okay if force healing is a thing uh why couldn't Obi-Wan force heal Qui-Gon because Ray literally murders Kylo Ren and then just heals him. She stabs him and then heals him. So why couldn't Obi-Wan have done that? You know, it's just they just gotta throw in all these MacGuffins just to make things work. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh but what the Mandalorian does, uh, and I'll I'll excuse the force healing thing because baby Yoda will Grogu Grogu. A lot of people don't like the name Grogu, right? They're like, it sounds like Dragon Ball Z. Shut up. It's cute. Okay, you, you can't hate Baby Yoda. Grogu is just the cutest thing. Um, Get off track, get off track, get off track. Uh, but, but what the Mandalorian does so well, and the reason it's succeeding, uh, is because it takes the rules and the boundaries of what we already know with Star Wars, and it's just digging in deeper to those. Right, it's not it's not trying to throw in all these insane new ideas that just don't make sense or that are just way too extreme. It literally and, and the reason why even when you go to like new locations that have not been seen before in live action Star Wars that the average fan wouldn't know from like comics and stuff, um, it doesn't feel out there. It doesn't feel way too out there. It doesn't feel too extreme because. Dave Filoni and John Favreau know how to stay within the boundaries of Star Wars. And another reason why Kathleen Kennedy should not be in charge of Star Wars. Um so yeah, that's my rant about Star Wars, my 30 minute 28 second rant about Star Wars, give or take a minute or two. In other news, uh Nintendo sucks. I mean, is that really news? Um, Nintendo sucks. They're a piece of crap. Now, I love Nintendo. I've, I've been a Nintendo fan since birth. Not since birth, obviously. Not since birth, idiot. But, I mean, ever since I was three, you know. Uh, playing the, the NES and the SNES. For my fourth birthday, I got a GameCube. Um, I love Nintendo, man. Their games are great, but they're just, they're like living in the past. I, I don't understand their reasoning behind things. Um, they just want to be jerks. They just want to be total pricks. Um, what are you talking about, Willie? You're just, you're just ranting. What are you talking about? Please tell. Um, Smash Bros. to start with, you know, the whole hashtag free melee thing going on. It's just honestly kind of insane. So basically, if you don't know what's going on, uh, the fighting game Super Smash Bros. Melee, which, when did this game come out? 2001. This game is 19 years old. Okay, this game can vote. 
this game can can get his driver's license, right? This this thing, th this game back in the day would have been able to buy tobacco products. And Nintendo is um, Nintendo is canceling these Smash Bros tournaments. Uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. Now, what they're doing is people are using um, a modded version of the Dolphin emulator uh, called Slippy, which I think is awesome. And it's it's made by one guy who spent like thousands of hours just trying to get this thing on the road. And it's net play mechanics. Or if you don't know what net play is, if you're a normie, uh, net play is basically these things in like GameCube emulators that allow you to like play online with people. And even now dolphins, uh, like unmodded dolphins net play is kind of, kind of boo. Like it's been in development for years and it's still super buggy. Uh, but this guy, one guy, uh, made slippy, which was a net play mod for dolphin emulator specifically for people to play Smash Bros. Melee, uh, you know, tournaments. They're going to host a tournament where they used Slippy to play online because it's, it's, uh, the way it was designed is just like no latency in the way that if there's an internet connection and it, it's skipping frames, the, it still plays the game no matter what. Uh, so, and there, there's like no, like, lag spikes. So it's like, it's literally, you can play across the world, play with someone across the world, and it's the equivalent of just playing right next to them. But anyway, what Nintendo decided to do um, was shut down Slippy and shut down this the big house uh, Smash tournament because um, people were using Slippy and using ROMs. Um, they had to get ROMs of Smash Bros. Melee to actually play which, yeah, there are, of course, there are ways to illegally acquire ROMs, uh, ROM websites, blah, blah, blah. You know, I do it sometimes. Don't, I didn't say that. Okay. I, I take that back. I didn't, I didn't say I did that, but if you're going to do that, use a VPN. Uh, what, uh, who was that talking, telling you to use a VPN? Not me. Um, I recently got Surfshark VPN and I've kind of been wanting to get into torning. Uh, I didn't say that either, but I just, I don't, I know when I was, um, I think when I was 12 years old, I didn't understand torrenting, right? So I, I torrented some fan made Super Mario Bros. Wii, uh, for my homebrewed Wii, because I thought it was so cool that I was 12 and I homebrewed my Nintendo Wii. So I downloaded some fan made like sequel to new super Mario bros on the Wii did not use a VPN, did not know what that was. I torrented it. And then, uh, a week later, not even a week later, I'd say a couple days later, uh, sudden link comes and <laughs> shuts down my internet. <laughs> oh, my dad was so happy, man. He worked, he worked from home. Um, yeah, he had a, like an office down home. He, he'd work from home and he was not, he was obviously not very happy that I, Got his his work Wi-Fi shut off because I decided to download Super Mario Bros. on the Wii. But anyway, um, there are illegal ways to acquire these ROMs. You know, like torning. Which torning itself isn't really illegal. Um, 
but it's more of the means of what if the work that you're downloading is copyrighted, then yeah, it's illegal. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and guess that 99% of these people who like competitive smash bros fighters, um, who have ROMs of melee own the disc of melee or even got the ROM from their actual disc. Uh, but Nintendo said, no, we, you're, you, you can't do this. Um, and sent on a cease and desist order so people couldn't play a tournament, um, play in a Smash Bros. Melee tournament that came out in 20 years ago. Note, note, note you, they're not making, they're not producing, they're not, uh, blah, 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 anemone, anemone. Um, they're not manufacturing this game anymore. Okay, they're not making any profit. Any any people who go out and buy this game anyway are buying it from from people who have owned the game and are now selling the game. Right? So N- Nintendo's not making any money off of this game anyway. So the reason no it, it's in their complete legal right. Okay? I know there are people out there who are like, you know, um Nintendo has every legal right to go in and cancel this tournament because it is illegal because that people have illegally acquired Super Smash Bros. And, um, you know, all this, all this nonsense. But number one, the game is 20 years old, right? Like, like I said, they're not making any money off of this. And, and number two, there is a global pandemic going on. I don't know if Nintendo is running Internet Explorer or not and they haven't caught up on the news. There is a global pandemic Right? You can't be in the same room with someone and cough. Even if you just swallowed some saliva down the wrong side of your gullet. So, so it's one thing, and Nintendo has every legal right to cancel this tournament. Because I guess they did give them a warning saying, no, you can't use Slippy because it's technically illegal. And they basically said, uh, screw you, Nintendo, we're going to do it anyway. Uh, Nintendo sent on a cease and desist order. Uh, for the big house, so the big house has been canceled. But it, it, you know, it's and Nintendo even talks about like on Twitter, like in their bio, they're like, "We care about our fans." No, you don't. And in the um, and they sent out like some some like uh some like public announcement about the whole thing that went down because people are so pissed. People are still so pissed. I'll get that get to that in a second though. Um. You know, it's one thing for them to shut down this thing, which they have every legal right to do, right? But they're total, total asshats for doing it, okay? Excuse my language, but they are. Because, um, again, they're not profiting off of this game in any way. And every other game developer, every other game developer would be like, this is cool, you can do it. But Nintendo, they're just so stuck up. They just, they have to be right. They can't not, they cannot be wrong. So it's it's one thing for them to shut this thing down, which they can do, okay? Like they can do it. But it's one it's another thing for them not to be like, we hear that you guys want to do this Super Smash Bros. Melee tournament. Uh, but since this is technically illegal, let us put out a legal officially licensed Nintendo uh way to do this. So you can do this. So the fans are still happy, right? 
I'm going to be honest with you. If Nintendo literally just takes Super Smash Bros. Melee and just chucks it back on the eShop like they did with the the Super the, the Superstar the the 3D All-Stars collection which is the laziest the laziest thing I've ever seen. Right? They didn't they didn't remaster the games. They didn't uh change anything. They didn't uh make the controls better. They didn't change cameras on Mario 64. Didn't do any of this stuff. And they just chuck it in some lazy collection and sell it for 60 bucks, which everyone bought. I bought. Alright? I bought it. I'm mad, but I bought it. Right? But then you look at Sony, who Spider-Man, let's say Sp- Spider-Man PS4 came out 20, what, 2018? Not even two full years later. They remastered the whole game. Remastered the whole game. Which I know takes a lot more time to do that. Uh, takes a, a hell of a lot more time to do than these old simple games. Where all you have to do is just... You know, people have made fan-made hacks for ROMs for Super Mario Sunshine that make the game look beautiful. The game looks absolutely gorgeous. And they just chuck in some lazy thing, you know? But some lazy collection. But Nintendo could literally just chuck Smash Bros. Melee on the eShop for 60 bucks with online support. And I guarantee you, everyone would buy it. Everyone would buy it, Nintendo. Okay, everyone would do it. And also, um, another thing they just recently did um, for Etika, who was a... Huge Nintendo fan, right? Huge um, content creator for Nintendo. Uh, unfortunately, committed suicide. Um, I want to say last year, right? I want to say last year, maybe two years ago. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, he was a joy to the whole Nintendo community and the whole Smash community. Um, on a serious note, man, if you're... Uh, or will man, you know, suicide's never the answer, right? Never. There are always people to talk to. Um, you know, therapy, uh, friends. There are always people who care about you. Hotlines. Uh, anyway, back into lighter-ish stuff. This guy, um, was buying Joy Cons, uh, Nintendo Switch Joy Cons, and was basically skinning them. Like Etika inspired Joy Cons, but when he'd sell them, 100% of all of the proceeds uh, would go to NAMI, which is like the number one charity for uh, mental illness. So this guy was getting no money from these Joy Cons, making zero profit from these Joy Cons he was selling. Nintendo sends out a cease and desist order because on his Joy Con design, they used a Pokeball. And use a Nintendo Switch logo. And they said if he kept doing this, he'd get charged like $150,000 for every offense. Which, I mean, he'd, he'd, he'd never be able to recover. That's so much money. Um, but Nintendo decided to send it a cease and desist order for this guy that was legally purchasing Joy-Cons and has every right to... Um, Every right to customize his Joy-Cons. 
right? You have every right in the world to do that, to paint your Joy-Cons, to customize it, and to sell it. Which, again, Nintendo is in the complete legal right to send out this cease and desist order uh, for these Joy-Cons. But is it really the right thing to do? Is it the morally right thing to do? Especially when 100% of all the proceeds from these Joy-Cons are going straight to charity. This guy's making no money from it. Nintendo really needs to get their stuff in gear. I mean, you know, right now, uh, the, the Switch is still selling like hotcakes. Right, Animal Crossing New Horizons still selling like hotcakes. Um, but you know, and, the, and this isn't necessarily going to bite um, Nintendo in the butt right now. But I mean, if they if they keep doing this stuff, um, it, it's going to be absolutely no time before you start seeing seeing their sales drop because of all the stuff they're just absolute nonsense they're doing, and it's even gotten to the point. Where these, uh, there's the Splatoon 2 tournament, I think was supposed to happen recently. And I don't know the full story, but it was something like, uh, these teams and like the top four were like dropping out saying they don't want to play. And also like changing their team names to like these Smash Bros, uh, terms, which I thought was awesome. That's so badass. Cause I mean, that just shows you that the, the Nintendo community the only person the only the only factor in the Nintendo community that's not active and supportive is Nintendo themselves they make these wonderful platforms these wonderful games for communities across the world to enjoy and they don't want it they don't want it. they don't want a competitive scene for smash you know Nintendo has uh said multiple times and has like tried to shut down these tournaments before because they talk about how they, they never had any intention for Smash Melee to become a competitive scene. Which, you know what, screw screw Nintendo. Moral of the story. Nintendo, you need to get your act in gear. Uh, because what you're doing right now is it's absolutely horrible. And in no way do you sound like a winner. In no way, yeah, sure. You know, you, you may be um, shutting down. You know, you, you won, Nintendo. You won. You're, you shut down the biggest threat to your company, this guy who's custom designing Joy-Cons for a Nintendo content creator who killed himself and, is, um, and giving 100% of the proceeds away to charity. You know, you won. You're the good guys, Nintendo. I'm just, I can't even say that. Nintendo, you really need to get your stuff in gear. Um, or you're going to have a lot of angry fans who don't support you anymore and don't buy your games. And I, I, I know what the sad thing is. I don't think that, um, I don't think Nintendo's ever going to realize this until they actually see their sales dropping. But the thing is they keep producing these banger games, right? That I love. And I keep buying them. I can, I can be mad at them. I can be mad at them all the time, but as soon as they release another Mario Bros. game, of course I'm going to buy it. Anyway, uh, that concludes the podcast um, for this week. Maybe I'll see you next week. We'll see how this thing goes. See if I can uh, talk to myself for another 40, 45, 50 minutes next week. I'll have to find some new things to talk about. Um, anyway, if you listened, thank you for listening. Um... Be sure to keep this in your normal podcast radar. 
because I will definitely put more of these out. Um, all right, guys. See you later. Bye.